Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Hey, loves. Welcome to another episode of Vinyasa Inverse. How are you on this beautiful day? Another day of breath, another day of life. I hope that wherever you are, you're able to take some time to be thankful for that. To be thankful that you are here on this planet and that you are able to be present, to be here in this moment. Now, I will tell you that generally speaking, I am not feeling my usual perky, radiant self. Um, And that's for various reasons, nothing serious, just the, you know, the pandemic blues, we'll call it. Um, But we'll talk a little bit about that in just a second. Um, Let's start our episode with a poem by Hafez, our Sufi mystic oracle of people. And this poem is called His Ballet Company. Everything of intelligence innocently watches the way one manages their body and silver. One's care of form is as a divine audition to the firmament's ballet company. I'm going to read that again. His Ballet Company. Everything of intelligence innocently watches the way one manages their body and silver. One's care of form is a divine, oh, one's care of form is as a divine audition to the firmament's ballet company. Hmm. All right, so I'm thinking about, this is funny that this poem comes forward. Not a coincidence, of course, because I believe that there are synchronicities that exist. And what I was thinking about uh, as I started recording this episode is uh, the idea of self-care and how that's going to be really, really important in the next several weeks as we kick off the holiday season. Um, And this poem is talking about how we care for our own form of the body that we possess, this physical body that we have Um, How do we treat it? Do we treat it like a temple for our souls or do we treat it as just this thing that we walk around with? Um, So the opening lines are everything of intelligence innocently watches the way. So there's there's beings watching us in how we treat our bodies and how we navigate the planet as human beings. Um, And how we care for those bodies is like an audition for God's ballet company, (laughs) which I love thinking about because um, don't we all want to be part of God's ballet company? I mean, think about how graceful we are when we can be our true selves. Now you might be thinking like graceful. Are you kidding me? Like if you're one who's like, I got two left feet when I dance or whatever, um, We're talking not necessarily about agility, but more about grace. How are you moving through this world 
are you moving through it with a heaviness, with resistance, with a clunkiness that feels so hard, so I can only think like metallic, or are you moving in a way that feels easy? Not easy as in there are no difficulties in life, but moving with an ease and a flow to how you are interacting in your life. So think about how beautiful that would be to be in God's ballet company, because we all move with grace. It's just a matter of us remembering how to do that, right? And so um, I love how this poem has come forward as thinking about self-care as an audition for God's ballet company. Huh, how about that? So in thinking about self-care, um, it's funny, the idea of self-care has become an interesting term um, where some folks use it to describe pampering. You know, oh, I have to go to the spa for um, a day of luxury, you know, and I'm not knocking that as self-care, but, you know, often there are those of us who don't have access to those kinds of expressions of self-care, but self-care really is about taking care of the soul, of taking care of our innermost selves. And sometimes that looks like a nap. Sometimes that looks like reading a book. Sometimes that looks like taking a walk. Sometimes it looks like meditating. Sometimes it looks like journaling. I mean, you get the idea. It's, it's about honoring who you are and what activities best nurture you, best nourish you. And only you know that, right? So maybe it is a day at the spa, but is it a day at the spa just because you want to show everybody that you're caring for yourself? Like this is, I'm proving to everyone, hey, you know what, I'm taking care of myself. Or is it genuinely an act of caring for this body that's auditioning for God's ballet? Um, these are questions to consider because when we're talking about self-care during a time like this, it's so, so crucial to understand what things keep you well, what things keep you fed, what things keep you nourished, and not just in terms of the body, but in terms of the, the emotion, the heart, and the spirit, and the mind, you know, all levels, all things. And uh, I'm thinking about how it's been nine months now of official pandemic times in the United States. Um, I know in other, other countries, they've been in this pandemic time a little bit earlier than we did, a little bit longer. And um, it feels like cumulatively it's starting to weigh on us collectively, at least for those of us in the U.S. Uh, now we see some statistics where um, more COVID cases are popping up. I saw um, somewhere on social media a couple days ago, I think it was Sean King who said that uh, that day, I think it was uh, like November 22nd maybe or, or 21st or 20th, around that time, that more people have died from COVID than I think the whole month of June or something insane like that. 
Um, and what is interesting is that because the idea of the pandemic is not new, these statistics aren't necessarily getting the media coverage that, um, that we have had early on, like in the spring. So I don't know if people are paying attention to how bad things are starting to get. And we're probably looking at another shutdown. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so that's something to consider as far as where we are in terms of our well-being. And I'm, t I'm talking also beyond, you know, health. Like, we might be healthy, but, you know, emotionally we may be feeling isolated. Mentally we may be, you know, battling with depression or anxiety or stress or all of them. Um, and so what are we doing given our seemingly limited existence uh, what are we doing to, to address those things, to care for ourselves? Um, these are questions that I'm asking because I know there are people around me who are struggling, who are trying to figure out, okay, I live alone and I've been basically sheltering in place. You know, I go out maybe for some groceries every now and then, but for the most part, I'm staying home because I don't you know, I don't want to get sick. And, um, and so what do I do? Because I live by myself. So I haven't had a lot of in-person contact. And, and yeah, I interact with people from work, but that's, they're not really my people. And so, you know, what am I to do? How can I take care of myself? Um, you know, and <laughs> I'll say the spa is not an option right now at this point. Neither is a, a pedicure or a manicure or any of those external things. So what can we do to care for ourselves at home? Um, you know, physically, we can do the things that feel good, you know, like, for example, drink favorite, your favorite tea. You know, tea is always so, for me, so relaxing, so nourishing, depending on the tea, of course. Um, Taking a shower feels really good if you go in with the intention of cleansing yourself, not just physically, but maybe energetically, mentally. You know, there's something that feels resetting about showering. Um, or if you have the option to soak in a bath, Epsom salts are great. Um, the magnesium helps to wick away the toxins through your skin. It's so good. Um, you know, soft music. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we can do to soothe our senses, to appeal to the ideas of comfort and support. But then I'm also thinking about this idea of um, mental well-being, you know, mental wellness. And what can we do for ourselves if professional help is not available? What do we do? You know, what, what can we do? We can reach out to friends, yes. Sometimes it feels like a big effort. You know, sometimes it's easier just to sit at home and think about it and be alone with our thoughts and analyze things to death, overanalyze, overthink. And that isn't always a good idea because our ego tends to um, tell us worst case scenarios. Um, in Kundalini yoga traditions, there is um, this understanding that we have 10 bodies. We've got the physical body, 
right? We've got the aura. We've got um, the electromagnetic field, which I think is also the aura. Don't tell my teacher I have I have to brush up on my 10 bodies. Um, but the, the, the ones that I find interesting are the three parts of the mind. We've got the negative mind, the positive mind, and the neutral mind. Now the goal is for us to access our neutral mind all the time. And the neutral mind is what you think it is. It's the, it's the mind that just looks and observes, takes in information, and then makes a decision from a neutral place. The negative mind is exactly what you think it is. The negative mind is the mind that is interested in our survival. So when we see something happen or we read something like a statistic or whatever, let's say we read the, uh, the statistics of um, the increase, the uptick in COVID cases, our negative mind is like, oh no, here it comes, here it comes, here comes the lockdown. Uh, uh, the, the chances of me getting sick are going are gonna to skyrocket. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm just going to stay here in my house. And that's it. Done. End of story. You know, so the negative mind sees all of the negativity around a situation in order to protect the self from harm. You know, it's a survival mindset. Uh, and, you know, some might call it the, the reptilian brain. The negative mind is operating from the reptilian brain that, you know, that primitive survival instinct. Now, the positive mind is... The second, I guess, mind that the thought hits. So the way the thoughts come in, according to the Kundalini Yoga traditions, the way the thoughts come into the mind is it hits the negative mind first. If you can get past that, then it goes to the positive mind. If you can get past that, then it goes to the neutral mind. So you got like a few layers before you can get to the neutral mind. When you get to the positive mind, it's exactly what you think it is. It's like, oh, okay, there's an uptick in COVID cases. All right, well, there's nothing we can do about that. So let's try to be positive. On the positive, I'm healthy. I don't have COVID in my house. I have plenty of toilet paper. I've got plenty of food. Things are, things are good. Things are good. I don't need to panic because things are good. And so... The positive mind isn't a bad thing, but what we really want to do, what our, what our aim is, is to be as objective as possible. So when we get through the positive mind, then we get to the neutral mind and the neutral mind says, okay, I see both your sides, guys. You know, like imagine a courthouse, negative mind is the prosecutor, positive mind is the defendant, <laughs> and the neutral mind is the judge. So negative and positive mind give, present their cases to ne neutral mind, sorry, neutral mind. And neutral mind says, all right, so what I'm seeing here is that there's an uptick in COVID cases. Uh, it's, it's really unfortunate, um, but we're not going to go out. And, but at the same time, we are so grateful that we've got all the supplies we need and we are healthy. So the decision of neutrality will be to stay home, but also do what we can to help others stay healthy from our, the safety of our home, our, our own home, for example. And this is just a very off the cuff example of how 
a thought or experience or opinion comes and travels from the neutral, from the negative mind to the positive mind to the neutral mind. Now, if Mahan Rishi is listening, I hope I got it right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I got it right. So, um, so yeah, so what I wanted to say about that was to frame that through the lens of mental health. You know, if we are aware of our mental health tendencies, you know, let's say we know that we struggle with anxiety or stress, um, we can feel bouts of depression. What is in our control to mitigate that? Not necessarily to heal it, um, because depending on, you know, your level of, of, ex- of experience with these things, you know, perhaps you need this, the help of, of professionals. But if that's not an option, what can you do in the meantime? What can you practice in terms of self-care? And so I'm offering these questions for you to examine deep within how you can support yourself um, as things start to look not so great. Uh, For me, personally, I'm feeling a little, let's say, drained, I guess, kind of unmotivated. I think that's more like it. You know, I'm feeling a little unmotivated because everything feels the same. Time is a blob. You know, I'm, I'm seeing the same people physically. I mean, my family members, and that's about it. I mean, I, ca- I kind of see neighbors from afar, but I don't really, I'm not friendly with them because, you know, we, we've always never been around, <laughs> always doing our opposite schedules. Um, don't really, so I don't really engage with them. You know, I see a few folks at the stores that I go to that I need to go to but there's no real engagement in person with the people um, I care about with people I make connections with so it feels very same same and when you are in a situation like that it's hard to be motivated and inspired to continue doing the work that you're doing and um, and I will say for the record that I love what I do Um, I love my, you know, I love podcasting. It's so much fun. Uh, I love the course that I'm, the online course that I've created, Heal to Power, which is, um, an online course that's designed to help women of color writers to create their own blueprint for healing. Love that work. Love it so much. Um, I've kicked off a 40-day meditation class online with, uh, with some people who are great. We had our kickoff call last Sunday, and that was so much fun, um, and I love that too. I think for me, it's more about the, the staying motivated in terms of academics. Um, you know, my kids, I know, are having a hard time staying motivated to, you know, do well in their studies. I know that my own students, my own undergraduate students, I can see them waning in terms of motivation to complete assignments, to stay on task. The end of the semester is about two weeks away, three weeks away, and um, we're all sort of clawing our way to the end. So with that context, that's what I'm struggling with most. 
is how to continue this strange pandemic existence where everyone is two-dimensional, where sometimes I'm not sure if what I'm saying is landing in anybody's ears and anyone's getting it or anyone's responding to it, understanding it, being affected by it, and, uh, and, and trying to just like keep going. It's, it's, uh, it's hard um, to keep going. And, you know, for me, it's, I, can, I know what I need to do. To, to inspire myself to keep going. You know, I have little dance parties with my students, whether they look at me crazy or not. You know, I have little themes for the rest of the semester as far as, you know, they got to come dressed up in a certain theme. Today was tie-dye day, hippie day. So they all came, not all of them, but, you know, some of them came with their John Lennon sunglasses, their tie-dye shirts, um, flower headbands, you know, things like that. So it's about changing it up as much as you can, uh, just to get a sense of, yes, I am here. I am existing and I want to, I choose to thrive rather than just exist. Because that's, that's the key there is that we have choices. Yeah, we got, you know, we got problems we got to deal with and manage with, with, you know, manage. We have, um, obstacles that we need to overcome. Sometimes we need help from other people in overcoming those obstacles. But it all comes down to the fact that we have a choice. We have personal power and we can choose whether or not to take care of ourselves. And if we're not able to take care of ourselves, we can choose to ask somebody to help us take care of ourselves. It's about remembering that we have that power and then to also remember that our answers sometimes aren't the usual answers you know sometimes we'll be like oh I have this problem I can't get out of bed or I'm so tired or I'm not motivated or whatever it is and then we just give up but it's it's important to remember like no you you have a choice so if you give up that's you choosing to give up Or you can choose like, you know, I'm having a really hard time. This really sucks, but I don't want to be here in this feeling, in this experience. I want to not be in here. I want to thrive. I want to feel alive. I want to feel energized. What can I do about that? Oh, maybe I can call this person or maybe I can go online and see if there is a dance class online that will pick up my spirits or, you know, whatever it is, or a a writing workshop or, you know, a free meditation class, for example. Um, You know, there's, there's choices that we have. And I, and I will say, yes, yes. Sometimes we don't have the energy for that. Sometimes we just need to lie down and take a nap or sleep all day or whatever it is. Be okay with that choice. Say, okay, that, that's the choice I'm making. And I also know that there are times when depression, for example, clinical depression gets just so intense and overwhelming that it's just too hard to do anything. I get it. I've been there. What can you do different in, even if it's just in your mind, what can you do different 
to support yourself in that as you work through whatever darkness you're working through. Because you got to trust that that is not permanent, that that place might be hard, might be unbearable, but trust that it is not permanent. And what can you do for yourself to remind yourself of this? Everything is temporary. Everything. This pandemic, even though it feels like forever, temporary. In the large scheme of things, it's temporary. When I say large scheme of things, I'm talking like, you know, nine months is nothing compared to a decade. Now, if we're still in pandemic times a decade from now, then we as a human race got some problems. <laughs> I know I know there are scientists out there that are working on a vaccine, so I'm pretty confident that 10 years, we're not going to be living like this for 10 years. It may feel like 10 years, but... Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be 10 years, but don't hold me to that because I can't predict the future. I'm just trying to be present in the moment right now. So I wanted to offer this to you, um, in thinking about self-care because we tend to fall into our habits of comfort into what is easy you know, it's easy to feel sorry for ourselves. It's easy to sit in our anxiety and stress and depression because it's familiar. Because that's what we know. We've lived with it for so long that we don't know anything else. But what if you got curious enough to explore what might be on the other side of that stress, anxiety, depression, whatever it is? What might be on the other side of this feeling of isolation? Because when we sit in, let's say, stress for a long time, it's like, oh my God, I'm stressed all the time. Oh my God, I'm stressed all the time. It just doesn't stop, does it? Right? That's the story that we tell ourselves. So there's a few things here. Ask yourself, or not even ask yourself, just observe. What, what's the narrative you're playing in your head? What are, what are the stories you're telling yourself right now? You know, I'll take this stress as an example. Like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. It's overwhelming. I can't do this. It's just too much. There's just too much. So that is the story, right? Or instead of making statements, ask questions. Why do I feel stressed? Okay, I have a to-do list that is a hundred items long. Hmm, no wonder I'm stressed. Why? Because I feel that I need to accomplish all these things today or yesterday, whatever the case may be. And then ask the question, is that true? Do these things need to be completed right now? More often than not, the answer is no. Like, what are the urgent things? Okay, yeah, everything needs to get done. I get that. My to-do list. I call it a universe list because it's like the whole universe needs to be listed. <laughs> you know, it's like, here are the mom administration things I need to do. Here are the, you know, professor things I need to do. Here are the CEO business owner things I need to do. Here are the parent things I need to do. Here are the daughter things I need to do, you know. And here are the self, like me, myself, and I things I need to do. 
the spiritual practices, you know, the inquiries, things like that. And then it ends up just being this giant list, which is, to me, it's okay. It's not overwhelming because I use it as just a way for me to dump all the things in my head out onto paper. So it creates more space in my head. Knowing that I don't have to accomplish all those things right then and there. I don't have to accomplish those things today. So ask yourself those questions, you know, hmm, I'm stressed. What's creating my stress? I am overwhelmed. What is creating overwhelm? Okay, I see that I'm overwhelmed because I put all these things on my to-do list. Or I have this project that just feels so overwhelming that there's no possible way that I could do it all. There's no way. No, I can't do it. You are choosing to shut down by saying that. So instead, what if we chose a different way of looking at things? Or if we chose a different question to ask? Okay, I notice that I'm being, that I feel overwhelmed. Can I choose a different experience? Can I choose a different way of looking at the thing that's causing overwhelm? If so, what other options are out there? What other ways can I look at this? And sometimes that's hard to come up with an answer because we're so used to a certain way of living, a certain way of responding and existing that we can't see alternatives. So take some time to just sit with it and ask, okay, I see the overwhelm. I see what's happening here. What can I do differently? What, can, what, what new thing can I do? Oh, I don't have to do them all today. Okay, well, what are the three things that I can do that will make me feel like I was productive, that I accomplished something? What are the three priorities on this giant list that I can do today so that I will feel like I accomplished something that, that got me closer to whatever goal I have? And don't say like making doctor's appointments. Although that, that sometimes does feel satisfying because I always have like make a dentist appointment, make a doctor's appointment for a checkup on my list for like weeks at a time. And then I'm like, okay, I need to get this off the list and make the appointment already. <laughs> you know, so in that sense, yeah, it feels good. But ask yourself like what, you know, what are the things that you can choose that will help you feel like you are in control, that you have stepped into your personal power? You know, um, I can't answer that for you. That's something you gotta, you gotta take some time to pause and, and look in within yourself. And, uh, and then from there, you can find your way to genuine self-care where you feel really cared for because you created that feeling. You created that space. So... As we enter the holiday season with Thanksgiving upon us, um, an interesting Thanksgiving where um, I am not traveling for the first time in a very long time, probably since I was a kid. Um, pro yeah, probably since I was like in college, you know, when I, when I would go home for Thanksgiving from college, like after that, then I would always have Thanksgiving away from wherever I was living. So after college, you know, I moved out of my house, I would go home for Thanksgiving. When I, um, after that, then, um, 
you know, down the road. I went to other families' houses for Thanksgiving. So I never actually hosted my own Thanksgiving. And this year, I am. So that is going to be an interesting experiment because I've never made a turkey before. So we shall see what happens. And if you are listening and you want to help a girl out, send me your turkey tips on how not to dry it out. And I would be so, so grateful. (laughs) So yes, as we uh, enter the holiday season, I want to invite you to do something radical and to take care of yourself a little bit every day, even if it's just five minutes, just to take some time away from whoever's living in your house, away from work, away from any responsibilities that you have. Even if you're living alone, there are, there, you're, there's stuff that's pulling at you still. Take five minutes. You can even put a timer on it. Don't stress out about it. Five minutes just to be with yourself, just to sit quietly and read maybe a few poems, maybe drink some tea and really taste the tea, really sip it and enjoy the flavors of it. Take a piece of chocolate, my favorite, let it melt in your mouth and enjoy that. But something that is for you, something that allows you to feel present in your body, present with yourself, fully, fully present in who you are being. Just a little bit every day from now until the end of the year and see what happens. See if you're able to not get caught up in whatever drama emerges out of the holiday season, to be able to mitigate any sadness you might have during the holidays. You know, everyone has a different experience of the holidays. And it's important for us to honor our own relationship with this season. And what are we going to do to care for ourselves so that we can be present and enjoy ourselves, holidays or not? Because you are the only one you have to live with for the rest of your life. I'm sure you guys have heard that saying before. You're the only one you have to live with for the rest of your life, you know? People come and go, spouses come and go, kids come and go, you know? You, yourself, and yourself, (laughs) that really doesn't work, right? You, yourself, and I, me, myself, and I, the only ones, right, who got to deal with ourselves. So let's take care of ourselves. Let's be friends with ourselves. Let's embrace who we are, who we're being, so that we can thrive for others to want to be around us, for others to be attracted to our energy, and for us to really just be okay this holiday season. And so these are the things that I'm offering you today. Taking a closer look at self-care. And I hope that you do take five minutes every day. First thing in the morning, maybe at night, maybe you can sneak away in the middle of the day. You know, even if it's in the bathroom, you lock the door, maybe just put some headphones on and listen to some peaceful music 
or some music that makes you feel good, just something, five minutes, do it and see if that helps you feel awesome during this pandemic holiday time. So on that note, I will close this episode with a poem. Hmm, I'm trying to, oh yes, this is the poem I want. So I've got a poem here by Mahogany Brown and it's from her chapbook called Kissing Caskets. And this is a collection that came out in 2017 and it was put out by Yes Yes Books. They're such great publishers. So this chapbook is called Kissing Caskets. The poem itself is called Kerosene Litany. Okay, Mahogany Brown's Kerosene Litany. And here's an epigraph by Nina Simone. I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. I wish I could break all the chains holding me. Nina Simone. Today I am a black woman in America and I am singing a melody ridden lullaby. It sounds like the gentrification of a Brooklyn stoop. The rent raised three times my wages. The bodega and laundromat burned down on the corner. The people on each corner, each lock and key of their chromosome, a note of inquiry on their tongue. Today, I am a black woman in a hopeless state. I will apply for financial aid and food stamps with the same mouth I spit poems from. I will ask the angels of a creative God to lessen the blows, and I will beg for forgiveness when I curse the rising sun. Today, I am a black woman in a body of coal. I am always burning, and no one knows my name. I am a nameless fury. I am a blues scratched from the throat of Miss Nina. I am always angry. I am always a bumble hive of hello. I love like this too loudly. My neighbors think I am an unforgiving bitter. Sometimes I think my neighbors are right. Most time I think my neighbors are nosy. Today I am a cold country a storm brewing, a heat wave of a woman wearing red pumps to the funeral of my ex-lovers. Today, I am a woman, a brown and black and brew woman dreaming of a freedom. Today, I am a mother and my country is burning and I forget how to flee from such a flamboyant backdraft. I'm too in awe of how beautiful I look on fire. Hmm. Oof, that poem. So good. Oh, my friends. I wish you lots of fire in your bellies. Energy that will keep you inspired and motivated to keep on keeping on. And on this note, the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, practice self-care. Namaste. Healing is so necessary for women writers of color. Whether we know it or not, our traumas hold us back from expressing and becoming our truest selves. How can we be more present to this? 
How can we create new ways of understanding our hurts so that we can heal them and step into our life's purpose with radiance? Follow me on Instagram for messages of healing and support as you walk this journey that brings you home to yourself. Find me at this handle, at Surya Gyan Yogi, S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N-Y-O-G-I. Or visit my website to learn more at suryagyan.com. Your best healed life starts now.